everybody, this is Gene Marks, and welcome to this week's episode of the Week in Review, a Paychecks Thrive podcast, where I sort out a few news items that happened in this past week and how they impact your business. So let's get right to it, should we? A report on the website payments.com talks about cash flow for small businesses, and the numbers aren't great. According to the study, it's called Main Street Health Quarter 1 2023, um, both Payments and Enigma, another research firm, collaborated based on a survey of over 500 small businesses with brick and mortar shops and commercial districts. Only 26% of those Main Street businesses have access to enough funding to stay open for more than 60 days in the event of a cash flow shortfall and 17% have no access to funding at all. The need for access to additional funding is clear from the new data, according to the study, as 57% of Main Street small businesses say they have funding, but only enough to operate for 60 days or fewer. How much cash do you have on account, and can it last you for 60 days? A corresponding report just this past week at the Associated Press, written by my friend May Anderson, talked about the credit crunch that a lot of small businesses are feeling right now. Borrowing for small businesses was already constrained due to rising interest rates, uh, Anderson writes. Following the recent collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, some lenders, particularly small and mid-sized banks that serve small businesses, may be forced to tighten credit further since they're seeing an outflow of deposits, which means they need to retain capital. And banks are being more cautious in general due to uncertainty about the economy. Guys, I wrote about this in The Guardian Back in December, interest rates is the number one topic for small businesses in 2023. The prime rate right now is about 8%. Overall, interest and borrowing rates for uh, working capital loans, equipment loans, property loans are 9 10 11% for some of my clients. It's a big issue. And now because of some of these smaller bank stabilities and this outflow of deposits from these smaller banks to bigger banks, the smaller banks have got to increase their interest rates even more to restrict the amount of people that are demanding funds. So these are all issues that are being faced by our banks right now. Talk to your banker and get comfortable and also make sure that you diversify your cash among more than one or two banks as well. Keep, try to keep it under $250,000. That's the FDIC insurance limit. All right, to our next story. It's all about the Internal Revenue Service. Remember that $80 billion in new funding that the Internal Revenue Service received last year? Well, the Wall Street Journal has a report out this year, uh, this week, telling us what that money is going to be used for. According to the new IRS commissioner, Danny Werfel, he says the agency will focus on a world-class customer service operation with cutting-edge technology, dramatically improved services, and a highly skilled, diverse workforce. Well, we'll see. As the report acknowledges, and it, you know, overall, some 60% of new funds, that's $47 billion, will go to, and I'm putting this in quotes, expanded enforcement on taxpayers. This compares to 9% the IRS plans for improving services or more quickly resolving taxpayer problems. The enforcement percentage will surely be higher since much of the rest of the money will buy new technology and hire new staff for audits. So 
What does this mean for all of us? Guys, it means more enforcement, which basically means more audits. And I know that we've been promised that people making more than $400,000 a year are the ones that are going to be most subject to these audits. I'm not sure I believe all of that, guys. I really do think that those audits are going to trickle down to even smaller businesses and individuals as all these extra agents go after more money. So tighten up your books, talk to your accountant, make sure things are in good shape because the audits are coming from the IRS. The next piece of news happens to do with Gen Zers and nepotism. There is a new study that recently came out, um, and, and here's what it found. Arguably, although Gen Z makes up the largest demographic people that call out nepotism in a business, the research shows that they're also the most likely to be benefiting from the practice, which has crept its way into workplaces. According to the research, which was commissioned by a a company called Applied, they are ethical hiring experts, whatever that means, 75% of Gen Z people who think nepotism is unfair would still use it to advance their careers anyway versus just 33% of the over 55s who think it's unfair. Listen, nepotism is everywhere. A lot of people like to point out the people in Hollywood um, and their children who get their feet in the door. I mean, obviously performance is everywhere, but is everything. But having nepotism in your business, um, you know, you want to try and avoid it, particularly because you want to have a fair working environment for your employees. But uh, sometimes you can't. And sometimes your kids or other people's kids, they get more attention and more affection and more opportunities. So I, you just have to just have to be aware of that. And the people that are yelling about it the most are the youngest of the of the workers, the Gen Zers, and yet they're the ones that would um, take advantage of any nepotism if it was presented to them. So uh, nepotism, do you have it in your business? You want to be very, very careful about it. Finally, a little word about mass transit. Apparently, all the cities, the big cities in this country, are really losing a boatload of money on their mass transit. The Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority, for example, said that 34% of Metro bus riders weren't paying fares in last year, up from 14%. A third of these riders are not even paying their fares. That evasion reduced their revenue by $10 million in fiscal year 22. And by the way, it's not just Washington. In Philly, where I'm from, they are, they, the, the SEPTA, which is our transit agency, has said that they lost more than $22 million to fare evasion since last June. Chicago has also lost millions of dollars and is stepping up their, their fare evasion protection. And the Bay Area, San Francisco, they said that they have lost anywhere from 15 to $25 million a year because of fair evasion. What does this all mean? Well, a lot of these cities now are investing in gates and swing barriers and uh, artificial intelligence and more uh, police officers and canine dogs and security personnel to try and catch people that are going to be, that want to evade their fare. Uh, Your employees, you need to make sure, particularly if you're in a big city, they're coming into work, 
there's going to be higher level of enforcement on these people. And if they get caught and put, you know, fined or whatever, it's not your responsibility. It's theirs. And they should be aware that a lot of these uh, big city depart uh, transit departments are really cracking down on fare evasion. Wow. That is really something else. Hey, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Week in Review, a Paychecks Thrive podcast. If you need any help or advice or would like to suggest any guests for our Thrive podcast, please visit us at payx.me forward slash thrive topics my name is gene marks hope this news is of interest to you and some of my thoughts on how it impacts your business is helpful i will be back next week with more news that impacts your business and some advice as well thanks for listening speak to you soon this podcast is property of paychecks incorporated 2023 all rights reserved